The Commentary Booth is a show for media lovers by media lovers just like you. If you want to support the show, go to pariomagazine.com.au. Welcome to the Commentary Booth, where we watch, and you guessed it, commentate on the week that was in movies and TV. I'm your host and play-by-play commentator, Jamie Apps, and each week I'm joined by a rotating cast of colour commentators to help you find your next viewing treat. This week I'm joined by two very special guests. These people are documentary filmmakers who recently worked on a project which explored a subject matter near and dear to my heart, professional wrestling. Their new documentary, titled The Death Tour, follows wrestling hopefuls as they embark on the fabled Canadian wrestling tour run by Tony Candelo. The Death Tour, as it's known, snakes its way through the remote Indigenous communities of northern Manitoba in Canada in the middle of winter. Without further ado, let's get to the interview. Today, we're here to chat to our guests about their journey with documentary filmmaking and their latest documentary, The Death Tour. Welcome to the show, Stefan Peterson and Sonia Ballante. Valentine. Valentine. <laughs> Sorry, I knew I would stuff one of the names up. <laughs> Thank you, Jamie. How, how are you guys doing? Oh, good. Great. Nice to be out of the frozen wilderness, I assume. Oh, it's still freezing in this part of the part of the country. So yeah, it got, it got freezing again too. So before we get into the death tour itself, I'd like to get to know you a little bit more and about your film and TV tastes, since that's what the commentary booth is normally about. What would you say are your favorite movies and TV shows? Maybe start with Stefan. Sounds good. I um, What have I been watching lately? Uh, I'm a huge fan of uh, Greg Whiteley's work. Uh, he's a uh, you know, producer. He's done uh, two of the shows that I've watched of his. One are Cheer and the other is wrestlers and um you know it's it, i've been working on this project for eight years now and it was just amazing to see that the year that this film finally got made he came out with a show called the wrestlers on netflix i don't know if you've seen it but it is amazing and uh his show cheer which was also an incredible i mean season one really was an incredible piece of filmmaking was was like an inspiration during like the early stages of this film like it's access and it's storytelling so you know those are two pieces of, of documentary uh you know film works that i i really loved and also was you know a huge fan of hard knocks so a lot of sports stuff yeah that's what i got right now I guess for my inspirations for when we did this, we're probably like the traditional like uh, wrestling documentaries like Beyond the Mat and Wrestling with Shadows. But personally, like I'm a huge fan of uh, narrative film. Like uh, one of my favorite film directors is Wim Wenders. I, uh, but I only love his bad movies. So like Million Dollar <laughs> Hotel, that sort of thing. I'm also a huge fan of indigenous content right now, especially uh, I'm getting into Echo just because I really love Vincent D'Onofrio in various roles and so i have also been really heavily into um shows like uh, midnight mass like i'm always four years behind what's ever popular on netflix so like if it was popular four years ago i'm probably into it right now and i'm also looking at historical dramas like um 
uh, The Terror season one. I really enjoyed um, just because I have a friend who's currently working a do- uh, on a documentary about the Franklin expedition. So I'm like, I want to learn all I can so I can uh, stow away on her uh, documentary. <laughs> Very nice. Have you seen, not to be the question asker here, Sonia, but have you seen the season two of The Terror? I've been trying to... No, I haven't yet. I'm planning to just because I love George Takei. So I've, but I've like just been falling behind. Ugh. That is a great show. Yeah, The Terror is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I will have to check that one out. But yeah, we just recently watched all of Echo and I thought the Indigenous representation in that show is phenomenally well done. Yeah, and I know about 700 of the people on it, so it's just like cool to see friends of yours and stuff like that in a Marvel show. I'm just like, oh my god, this is great. <laughs> so then as we turn our focus onto the Death Tour, obviously this is a wrestling documentary. Did you have much of a background with wrestling before diving into doing this documentary, which has, did you say, taken eight years? Well, I've only been on it for about three, four, like just under four, but I have always been a wrestling fan. It was my dream as a little girl to marry into Bret Hart's family. <laughs> that was my goal. Be trained by him or marry into his family, one or the other, or both. I have been watching it ever since I was a baby. It's one of my favorite things even now. And it was uh, when I was first approached to, to be on the project, I was really compelled by Stefan's real look at what he wanted to talk about because like again like people think it is a wrestling doc it is just like capital w wrestling documentary but i knew he wanted to do more than just focus on the wrestling it's like one of the biggest questions we ask is why they do it and so i that was always something that fascinated me about wrestling because a lot of my favorites like china and luna vachon died in like tragic circumstances so i always like wanted to know why what compels and so it was something that drew me to the project and to Steph in the first place. <laughs> I was not a wrestling fan. I, you know, I, I kind of grew up playing hockey and also doing circus. So I kind of had a foot in like both worlds of, you know, sports, but also performing. And, um, I, you know, I didn't, I, I knew nothing about wrestling. I thought it was kind of silly. And I came across a tour by fluke one year and uh, was, uh, you know, out in the middle of nowhere, did not expect to see the show. And I came across it and there there are these like, you know, these full grown adults in their, you know, in, in their outfits doing, you know, all sorts of crazy moves in a ring in, you know, five hours north of the nearest like, you know, city center um, for these crowds that were just eating it up. And I was just like, this is like, I, I couldn't believe uh, how these two worlds came together so kind of so beautifully. And so... You know, maybe a year later, I was like, you know, I, I was, I was thinking, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm looking for some projects to really sink my teeth into, and then I, I remembered this particular show I'd come across one night, you know, a, a year ago while while on another trip, and then that's when I, I looked into it and turned out it was just this iconic tour. And uh, so I started reaching out and like finding, you know, alumni on Facebook and doing like the whole Facebook sleuth thing and speaking to wrestlers and they were super friendly. And then, you know, after about a couple months, I worked my way to an introduction to to Tony, who's the promoter. And uh, he called me on my birthday and he's like, yeah, let's, uh, I'm into this. Let's talk. So a couple weeks later, I fly out uh, with my, with our colleague Joe and sign him to, uh, to like give us a year to try to get it off the ground. And then we had to keep making him sign it year after year after year because it took <laughs> us a long time. But, but yeah, so, you know, what, what you, you asked me, was I a wrestling fan? No, but, but it kind of, as soon as I started talking to them, I, I was like meeting these really fascinating people who were really sacrificing a lot to, to chase a dream. 
Yep. And that, that was cool. You know, I mean, as as a, as a filmmaker or, or someone who's, you know, trying to make a living in the arts, you know, per se, uh, I could really relate to that. They just kind of work gig to gig. They've always got a bag by the door. When the phone rings, you take the job and uh, it comes at the cost of, uh, of financial security. It comes at the at the cost of, uh, of, of a family life at times or, uh, or a regular so whatever. And and. And, and and then so I I remember hearing their stories and picturing what I saw in the ring a year ago and I was like this world is you know I've I need to give this second look I I've clearly been judging wrestling and um, yeah so no, I'm a fan yeah there's there's nothing like a uh, live wrestling show to capture someone and be like oh I'm a, I'm a wrestling fan now. <laughs> I think so, but it also takes a little peek behind the curtain for me, you know, like if I just went to a wrestling show, I would have, you know, I'd have probably gotten into it, but it was as soon as I peered behind the curtain, that's, that's what really piqued my interest. So then with the, the documentary, The Death Tour, you mentioned that it's a wrestling documentary, but it's much deeper than that. From your perspectives, what is the core of the story of this documentary? I mean, for me, it's uh, it's many things, but it's about healing. You know, um, it's about uh, these uh, these kind of two vastly different worlds, and and you know, it's, so the one world is is, is professional wrestling, and uh, a lot of the cast that we followed had all kind of come from that all kind of gone. Wrestling had kind of come to them at a time uh, when they were kind of at a crossroads in their life, or kind of helped pull them out from from a dark time. And uh, and finding this new family and finding something that they're passionate about deeply was really cathartic to all of them. And, and then the healing. And then you know what? Um, you know, I don't not to give too many spoilers to the film, but you know what? One of our characters, Sage, kind of you know. Uh, talks about in these towns is when she goes through these towns and they experience a suicide epidemic is how the the you know these traditional forms of of of, of healing in some of these communities are are forgotten or are you know not forbidden but they are but they're not uh, encouraged let's say and so for me i just you know it was it, one of the themes one of the big themes for me is is is, is healing yeah I think for me it was um I'm always trying to prove myself in terms of like this is why I should take up space like cuz as an indigenous woman and a wrestling fan I've always been like uh put down upon because like I'm not indigenous enough and or I'm not a woman enough and like when I became a when I was thinking seriously about becoming a pro wrestler it was at a time when uh women like Sable were the WWF women's champion and like I did not look like Sable and I would never look like Sable and so I saw the glass ceiling for myself before I even began. It was really sad for me. And it was funny when this movie came into my life, because I remember when Steph and I were first talking about it, I was like, okay, if we're going to do this, we're going to make it a capital F film because I want everybody, even if they hate wrestling, like Hulk Hogan beat up their mom, whatever. Like I, they hate wrestling. I want them to see this movie and go away with it, knowing why I love it in general, because it has healed so many people. It continues to do that. Like it's what Steph says, it's about healing. And it's about not just the wrestlers healing themselves through professional wrestling, but the kids finding he heroes in the wrestlers themselves, seeing themselves in people like Sage or Dez or Sean or Sarah. And it was something that I was really, I think we really succeeded in putting that across because I am so proud of how the film, like I, I know it's my own film, so I'm kind of biased. I'm like it's our film, like biased as heck about it. But I was so happy to see how wrestling fans took to it, like how, how people really appreciated the care we put into it. And it was something that I, 
I was really happy. Like it took a long time for us to get here, but I'm like so happy we're here now. <laughs> yeah. As um, someone involved in the Australian wrestling community, I can say that your film does a, a wonderful job of sort of highlighting the sense of sort of brotherhood, community and belonging that wrestling can provide to a lot of people that I think is something that is kind of overlooked by lots of people outside of the wrestling bubble. So did the story evolve from the story that you initially set out to showcase? I mean, for me, yes. You know, initially eight years ago, six years ago, it was mostly just about wrestling. And then, you know, once I went on the tour for a couple of days, you know, for research. And then once, you know, with Sonia, we got together and then actually filmed the whole thing. Yeah. You know, the whole community aspect and, and what happens through the film and, and the, the epidemic that the tour encounters was definitely not the direction, you know, we were not expecting that to, to occur. So, yeah. You know, it, it certainly involved, yeah. Yeah, it really changed because I think initially, yeah, like when I came on, we were going to do some focusing on like the Indigenous communities because we found out that this uh, well-known uh, Indigenous politician in Canada was the reason the death tour started. And that was something that we were interested in exploring. But then ultimately, the question for me became like, well, why does Tony keep doing this? Because it's notoriously hard to get to these places. It's also notoriously expensive to get to these places. And so I didn't know how much could possibly be making like just doing this but then to see how how like because the tour the tour itself is the only is one of the only non-community created events that goes on in these communities and it was just fascinating to see like that was why they kept coming back because they're embraced so wholeheartedly by the communities that they visit that that people from like grandparents ages to kids who are like four have all seen the tour at some point or another and it was just cool to see that like it's become a tradition and I was really fascinated to find that because I was so nervous when we first went out there I'm like is this going to be about wrestling and then ultimately like wrestling itself it wasn't just about the wrestling <laughs> yeah I think something that the, the documentary highlighted for me was the community outreach aspect I had known about the the death tours for quite a while, but I'd never realized that it wasn't so much just drive to this town, put on a wrestling show, pack up, go to the next town. There is that whole community outreach aspect. Was that exciting for you guys to be involved and film some of those moments where just the pure love and joy that the, the kids get from those moments? Yeah, for sure. For me, there was kind of two moments, right, where the community outreach really happens and, and where the wrestlers really go the extra mile, I found was uh, was the school talks was was amazing. And it's because, you know, I think it was one of the conditions that that, that Phil Fontaine had, had given Tony when he kind of got Tony, like opened the territory up for Tony uh, to go. He said, you know, you yes, you know, you can go wrestle in these communities, but like you need to go with a message and 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 talk to the kids and go to the school and take some time to go out and do that. And, and it's not a thing you really hear about a ton in, in, in a lot of the lore, right? A lot of the lore focuses on the road. And so that was, that was amazing. And as filmmakers, a very great way to kind of open up into people's stories. But then of course it, there's during each match before each match during and after where there's that exchange between the kids and, and the wrestlers that really was, uh, you know, with some of our favorite, favorite parts to be a part of in, in film. 
Yeah, that was some of the coolest parts because um, I was a jaded person. I was like, um, I was totally ready to not have the wool pulled over my eyes by the like wrestling carny and stuff like that. I was like, I, you're not going to get me like I, I like I'm no Mark. And then I was really touched by like, I almost started crying the first night in Gro Cross Lake when we had a fully like almost 90, 99% indigenous audience in Cross Lake. And when she came, when Sage came out to the crowd, like I was almost crying because the kids were like freaking out like they had never seen somebody like Sage wrestling for them and so I and when she spoke to the communities afterwards it was it was very cool to see how the kids really listened to her because they're like hey she's like us and so I think that this was the first tour that had um, I believe more than two girls and also this was the most indigenous people that they've had on the tour and so it was really cool to see how the kids reacted to seeing somebody like Wavell or Sage or Dez who look a lot like them who were in positions that these kids wanted to be in so it gave them this hope that because the, they heard that Sage herself was from a res. And so they were like, if she can do that, maybe I can. And so to see that happening in real time was just so, I was like, no one's going to believe this if we show it. But I'm like, we got to show it just because like, I'm, I'm so prepared for other jaded people to be like, that's not what happened. And I'm like, no, I was there. It totally happened. <laughs> so. And then Stefan, you spent considerable time working in these remote Canadian communities through your time on ice road truckers. Is it still just as daunting every time you go up into these remote places? No, I, I, I've really, I love it. Like I, I was just thinking just the other day, I was like, you know, now that we're done this, like when, I don't know when I'm going to go back up when you're well prepared, it, it's not too bad. What I will do is, is, is pack a better mattress. I, you know, I had eight years to prepare and I still bought a $20 air mattress off marketplace <laughs> the week before I left and woke up on the floor every morning. So that was terrible. That was a big mistake, but no, I, I've really grown attached to these communities. I mean, they were so welcoming and kind. I mean, even we were in one town for three to four days because some of the communities we were supposed to go to had experienced a death. And so we were we were unable to go. They were closed down. So we ended up staying in one community for a long time. And and even this community, while we were there, had had uh, or right as we were leaving, had experienced a death as well. And still, everybody like went out of their way and they, you know brought us food. And uh, we got to, you know we were working with community members in each town, and we got to really know a bunch of them. And and so no, I feel like we made some friends in a few of these communities. And. Uh, and they're beautiful too. So it's daunting. No, I'd love to go back. Uh, and yeah, visually, the landscapes you showcased throughout the film are, are simultaneously mesmerizing, but also a little bit eerie as well. Is that sort of an accurate representation of the region? I think so. Yeah. I think one of the things in Indigenous culture, like specifically in Creek culture, like there's no good or bad in terms of like, yes. Uh, winter is beautiful, but it's also dangerous. Like right now we're having a cold snap where it's like minus 40 with the wind chill and like people are worried about unhoused or a house population because of like how dangerous the cold is. And so that was something I was really... Um, really happy uh van was our director of photography and he was just like like i really was so glad to have van there because um both me and stuff's background is in tv 
So I wasn't really thinking about like, even though I was uh, encouraging stuff to think about the film, like the film as capital M, I wasn't doing that either because I work in TV as well. <laughs> so having Van there who was always looking to see how he could make things more beautiful was so welcoming to me because I would look at the the footage he shot later and I'd be like, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> I know it's our film, but it's amazing. <laughs> There was one moment in particular that stuck in my mind since watching the film, right as we're going through and beginning to dive into the suicide topic, there's an overhead shot of the, the convoy just driving along and then a lone crow flies in. Is that exciting when you go back and look at the footage and you see a shot like that and you go, that perfectly captures what we want to convey in this story i mean you'll have to talk to our editor but there are many crow shots and uh and yeah i can guarantee you there's a marker placed down on the timeline of the rushes every time a crow flew through but van loved the crows too yes. <laughs> like there was one or two like we drove through a landfill at one time and we did like three passes through because van's like the crows are flying in and out <laughs> constantly and then i mean and the way van got a lot of those shots is is he like stuck his head out of our sunroof and it's minus 40 but with the wind minus 50 and he had his like big gloves and snow goggles and a big like you know uh, hat he got up in a Nuvik on the earlier trip and um it was freezing to death but you know he stayed up there for like you know 10 minute stints because uh yeah waiting for those crows so you know what i'm i'll uh I'm, I'm glad you know it. I'm glad you appreciated the crows. They're pretty cool. I love crows. They're one of my favorite animals. And yeah, uh, Van was also really hilarious when we drove through that landfill three times because he kept screaming like to try and get them to take flight because they got so used to us so quickly that they weren't <laughs> taking flight. And so he was just like screaming his head off while we're holding onto his belt so he doesn't fly out. <laughs> and so it was, I really love his attention to detail and how far he yeah. went for, because um, there's so many behind the scenes shots we have of Van where he's like, he's like elastic band man and he's holding the camera like that, trying to get the best shot. Like there's a shot of Tony and Wavell and Sean planning the card for the night. And the way Van got that shot was he was lying on the table looking up at them. It was like, so every time I see that shot now, it just makes me giggle because I remember how he got it. <laughs> it sounds like a, a pure passion project for, for everybody involved. Yeah. And everybody went as hard as possible. Oh, yeah. Like, well, it had to be, you know, well, sorry, Sonia, go for it. What really inspired me be of the film, because like I from because of this film, I only focus on projects now that I can give like not 95 percent of my attention to like, God willing, you get 100. But like, even though the trip was hard and it was a lot of the time, I almost got frostbite on my hand. I'm um, trying to chill a soda. But like it was everybody's commitment to what we were doing was so infectious that I was so happy to be there every single day, even though I did leave a day early because um i found out the sound guy got a flight out early so i was like i'm gonna get in that car i'm not sleeping here tonight <laughs> so but it was just really everybody's love for the film comes across so well and i love when when you can obviously tell in a film when, so when somebody cared about it and i think that comes across in ours no that, that's perfect but i mean it, it's been a passion project for everybody involved like i mean it took that you know because uh going into this everybody was warned um you know like we will be working for three weeks straight probably we will endeavor for some time off but you know if things are going down i will probably you know pull the camera out and you know make a mess of everything so we may as well just all go away. anyways and and so everyone was really uh, really into it from you know i i mean from the uh, from the coordinators before we left you know our our, our producers who have been 
been, you know, working on this tirelessly for, for, you know, half a decade to, you know, to our composer and our mixers at the end, like everybody's really, yeah, it's been a, been a passion project for everybody, which is uh, pretty unique. It's going to be hard to top. Yeah. <laughs> I want to make my next movie with Steph. I was thinking, I was like, damn, I got to get him on for my next one. But yeah, <laughs> I'm down. And then uh, speaking of the producers, you had Chris Jericho acting as an executive producer on the film uh, and also got to speak to Kenny Omega for the documentary as well. How important was it to have sort of those Canadian icons who have been through this tour in the past? For me, initially, as the wrestling fan, um, whenever I'd see Jericho's name in the email chain, I would freak out a little each time and I'd have to like, okay, calm down. He's just the executive producer. And when we got, um, I had known Omega through reputation, like not like I hadn't really seen any of his work. Uh, Omega is like Superman, you know, something about him, even if you don't read the comics. And so he was like such a valuable asset in terms of like what, what knowledge he brought. And like, we also got to meet a bunch of the AEW roster while we were filming uh sean's match which was so fun because i'm a huge fan of john moxley and i got to talk to him so i was like yeah um but it was very cool to have the alumni talk about their experience because sadly we could we couldn't include them all we we interviewed dr luther and don Callis, and we had like extensive far more interview time with jericho and with omega and we i was basically telling stuff that we could have a documentary of the death tour like we could have a ken burns documentary on just the 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 AEW alumni on our trip up there and then what happened afterwards <laughs> so it was just really cool to have that involvement and then especially in post too it was great to be able to to you know check in with Chris on the cut and like get get the you know because Sonya is a wrestling fan I I know nothing about wrestling but it was good to get someone who was like a little you know uh who experienced the tour but a fresh set of eyes who's obvious who's you know got his you know thumb on the pulse of the business to kind of wait you know to for feedback so that was great yeah maybe uh if if the documentary comes out on like DVD or Blu-ray there's the the special features of all the interviews oh yeah the, the, there's some great ones yeah and then lastly, the the film has been selected for the, the Slamdance Film Festival. How did it feel to get that news? Very cool. Like I have never even imagined how far this film had would go. Um, and just to see the love that it gets is still very, very overwhelmingly happy for me. I just love it. <laughs> so I'm just like ba- taking it all in and basking in it. Because I know like with our last interview, we were asked like, what are the plans for after? And I'm like, I'm just going to enjoy it now. Like we're going to, we're going to hang out. We're going to have some food. Hopefully I was hearing from another publicist that there isn't a lot of like uh, free food luncheons, but I'm planning to just like take it all in. But hearing the news was just like super cool. Plus I've never been to Utah. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, I, I never dared. Uh, I mean, I, I barely let myself dream that it was going to get done. It, it sounds cliche, but it's very true. You know, I always was just trying to manage my expectations to not get, you know, not to get let down. So getting into Slam Dance was obviously um, just like a huge shock. And uh, yeah, it was pretty emotional, but uh, but it still hasn't fully sunk in. I think once once we once the wheels hit the ground, I think it'll finally it'll finally hit because, you know, right now, uh, yeah, I haven't even packed my bags, haven't even thought about what I'm going to wear yet. Um, so <laughs> So yeah, pumped, but uh, but yeah, it hasn't sunk in. Yeah, it, it'll sink. You know what? I, I've been like slowly preparing for like the screening, a bunch of strangers next to me, and I know that it's all gonna come out there. Like uh, you know, Sonia brings some Kleenex because I'm for sure I'm gonna be <laughs> I'm gonna be losing it for sure. I think uh, once we're finally there with everybody watching it and it's done, 
because it's just you know it's it's a, what I learned is is it's a lot of work. I mean, it's a five. It, 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 it's it's a lot of work each step. Um, you know, I, I come from a TV background where everything moves a lot faster, and and this there's there's so many steps to this, and and you know there's decisions to make every day, and and every decision feels like life or death sometimes for the film, and you fight for it, and <laughs> and uh, so I'm pretty tired, but uh, ready to ready to let it finally sink in. And would a, another sort of wrestling documentary be something you would like to explore in the future, or do you want to branch out and look at other topics? Well, everybody I want to do a documentary on already ha- is already has one in development because I like one of my favorite wrestlers is uh, Luna Vachon, and I was like I would love to do a documentary on her, but then one of my good friends is uh, is right now working on one, and so I think I would love to make ones probably focusing on like more in uh, probably about Stampede wrestling. I would love to look into like uh, it would depend on the context, just because I think what would draw me the what would draw me again into doing something like this documentary would be uh again that special um that special formula yeah it's about wrestling but it's not about the wrestling <laughs> so yeah like family dramas and that sort of thing i would really love to like i would I, I won't say no to it but i think i ha- would have to be uh very tempted <laughs> yeah i i uh it's funny right after filming at the aew you know we filmed at at sean's aew dark match and i remember the hotel that night after being in like the wings of, of an aew production i was like I would do this again. This is, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, you know, there's a million stories I've been told and I was like, this is, there's something cool going on here. So, uh, I won't say no. I, uh, certainly, uh, no, I'd, I'd be totally open to it. Yeah. Yeah. They, they had their, uh, backstage reality show and I thought that was fantastic. So there's, there's always fun stories to tell in the world of wrestling. Exactly. Alrighty. Thank you both for, for joining me on the show this week. Uh, why don't you go ahead and sort of let our audience know where the best place is to track both of your creative journeys and also to support the documentary. Well, thanks. I have a website, stephanpeterson.ca, and uh, the film um, is you can follow us on socials, uh, uh, search Death Tour Doc on Instagram and Facebook. I think I got that right, eh, uh, Sonia? And, yeah. Uh, Death Tour Doc. Yeah. Death Tour Doc. And there you go. You'll find all our updates, uh, uh, all the updates on screenings and tickets and uh, where the film will go next. Um, same for me, like Sonia underscore Ballantyne on Instagram, uh, Sonia Ballantyne on Twitter. I'm not going to call it X. Oh, I don't either. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Death Tour Doc on Instagram, all the socials. Um, yeah. And just keep an eye out. Well, there'll be more screenings for sure. Uh, I just don't know them for sure yet. <laughs> so yeah, keep an eye out and please come and see the film. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you for listening to The Commentary Booth. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe on podcast services and on YouTube. You can follow me on social media at Media and at Pario Magazine. The Commentary Booth is a fan-funded production of Apps Media. You can support the podcast alongside our magazine, Pario Magazine, on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Media. The following people supported at the community support group level or higher and you cannot fathom how incredibly appreciative we are for their support. Brian and June Hart, Blake Robinson, Rena Renee, Courtney Paulson, Darren Hatcliffe, Jackson Carr, and Tracy Epps.